My name is Lily Colson. I'm 18 years old. And I don't know if me and my friends are going to live through the night. This entire fucking town wants to kill us. And they may say that it's because they thought I was behind it. Or that I'm a whore. I'm a moral. I'm a homewrecker. I deserve it. I have it coming. Guess what? I didn't hack anybody's shit. I didn't do it, and I don't know who did. As for being a whore, a homewrecker, a moral, sure. It doesn't hold a fucking candle to your righteousness. That's the real sickness here, your righteousness and hypocrisy. It's the simple fact that you can't live by the rules you set, yet you still pretend. This is your world. You built this. If it's too strict, tear it the fuck down. But don't look at me. Don't take your hate out on me. I just got here. And I have no clue where to go. Because from the moment I arrived, all I was ever given were orders. Smile. Open up. Cross your legs. Spread your pussy. Speak softer. Scream louder. Be quiet. Be confident. Be interesting. Don't be so difficult. Be strong. Don't fight back. Be an angel. Be a whore. Be a princess. Be anything you want to be. Even the President of the United States of America. Fuck you. Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host, Mike. And for today's film, we are looking at a piece of cinema that will not show up in Entertainment Weekly's top 50 high school movies of all time. The 2018 Assassination Nation. Boy, we talked about how uh, oh, Easy A, the high school there, was not my high school. Wow, this really wasn't my high school. My experience was nowhere this volatile. And that's not to say that this stuff doesn't happen in real life. But I did grow up in suburban northern Virginia, a fairly affluent area, very much where the murkiness and sleaze is probably hidden beneath the the, the perfect manicured front lawns in front of the million-dollar estates of of some of the really high-end locations. But boy... This was uh, this was something else. Very stark uh, contrast to some of the other stuff that we've watched. What about yourself? Where are you with this film? I saw it uh, opening weekend uh, when it released. I guess that was September something, 2018. September 21st. Um, I don't know why. I don't think I was <laughs> movie passed then. I don't. <laughs> so I think I actually. <laughs> You know, pay directly for this and not just oh, as no. part of a subscription service. So, uh, you were oh, one of the fifty people who saw it theatrically. Yes, I was. I was looking at this because I hated it. 
<laughs> opening weekend. <laughs> so I didn't really engage with anyone online uh, about this. I didn't feel like it's something I would want to talk about online with anyone because it's it's such a narrow target audience that they're, I think, going for here, which presumably is for young women going through this, but tends to be 40-year-old white dudes <laughs> championing <laughs> this cause, which makes for awkward bedfellows. I think my wife must have had some friends over, and I just need to like leave the premises. I, I'm, I'm using <laughs> okay. that as my excuse, because I certainly didn't see any trailers for this. You know, I, I, don't, I had no knowledge. I don't know who any of these people are, because I'm, I'm old, and they're they all have weird names <laughs> to my <eyes>. Abra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know who Abra is. Um, but I thought initially I would like it. Um, and I had that feeling again uh, this time. Like, it starts off, I remembered hating it. I'm watching the opening. I'm like, oh, well, why did I have such a strong negative reaction? And then the movie just continues. And <laughs> the hate sits back, <laughs> creeps back in. Um, I mentioned, uh, Heather's, I think on our last episode, we were talking about, uh, high school movies. I was saying Mean Girls is like a new version of Heather's. It's a classic, which I guess it's, what is the Star Trek rule web? Is it the odds or evens? Which ones suck? The evens? Odd ones are the ones that are not as good as the evens. Cause even two was Rathacon. So always go by that. Rathacon's always. Okay. So it's opposite here. So I have Heather's. Darling, classic, critical acclaim, all of that. Winona Ryder goes on to become a movie star. <laughs> Jawbreakers uh, with, I believe, Rose McGowan was in the, I think, 1990 Jawbreakers, which is like the 90s version of, of Heathers. And then you have 2004's Mean Girls. Lindsay Lohan, unfortunately, doesn't become... Well, I guess she does kind of become a modern Winona Ryder with Winona Ryder <laughs> shoplifting problems. I take that back. Strike that. Uh, that one's a classic. Now we have Assassination Nation, uh, which I think is continuing on that Heather tradition. Um, violence will ensue. Young ladies' reputations are, are attacked, and they have to defend themselves, uh, You know, meet violence with violence. I thought I would dig it. Um it's heavily stylized. Even that starts to get annoying. There's like this one uh, home invasion attack that's done in one shot, which they're, you know, it's very sort of De Palma-esque, especially since the whole town is like leering in on these teenage girls and, and coming to do uh, ungodly things to them. It's just, it's just too fucking full of itself. I mean, it is like a really obnoxious Twitter feed. It is just so condescending and it just lectures you to death. And so like even, Someone from my ilk politically who's like, yes, I, I kind of I see what you're saying, but the way you're saying it really <laughs> annoys the piss out of me. And now you're making me feel like a Republican just because you're getting on one. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it I mean, just has... the opening with all the trigger warnings immediately. It's it's kind of playing to that crowd or like trying to make fun of of the people who uh, will claim all those trigger warnings. And, and that's kind of the problem because it reaches so much for its its messaging and what it wants to do in terms of its its political stances that does it all get muddled like the, i i know that there is a message in here but because it's uh, it has hands in so many different pies i can't quite sum it up in one or two statements like what is this film about well i mean thankfully it's it's written and directed by <laughs> middle-aged white man so i suppose that's why we're responding with with confusion to this 
Yeah, you can't. So you can't think, I guess, too logically about the premise itself because uh, somehow some hacker is able to expose everyone's secrets, anything they've got a sort of digital record of on their phone, the cloud, whatever. Uh, he or she can put out there. It's revealed, of course, to be a, a he, a, a teenage a white kid. Um, uh, I, I'll go ahead and spoil the ending. I, th- I think the very last line is the cops asking, like, why'd you do this? And he says, for the lulls. And I'm like, oh, oh, God. Like, by the time it came out, for the lulls was probably incredibly dated. And no kid his age would have said that. So don't <laughs> lean too hard into this. Unless this is a, uh, you know, time stamped. This took place in this very specific moment in internet culture. You know, if I guess like a modernized version of the Crucible, if you want to say like the whole town loses their mind, that's how they set it up. Um, to go on this modern witch hunt. I don't really know why. <laughs> uh, just another classic, The Crucible, Heathers, uh, The Purge, I guess. I, I don't know why in this version of The Purge, um, the these four uh, female friends become the targets for all of this mayhem and carnage, because you could just not. Like, if your secrets are out, why are you going to show your ass uh, killing and maiming and they make reference to like you know why isn't the fbi involved and i'm yeah i don't know i don't know what sort of like stephen king scenario where they're under the dome here where they're, <laughs> like they're completely isolated from the rest of society um obviously it's meant to go too far and you're meant to look at the response as unhinged but uh i think the whole movie's unhinged even our heroes um i don't they they tear each other down too. Like I I would have liked a little bit more that had been revealed as far as their own, especially high school kids, their own betrayals within each other. But they frame it that these four friends are pure like good among with each other in this social dynamic. There's there's nothing where they've they're they're backstabbing each other. And I think it's the Bella Thorne character who I guess is the mean girl, even though I think they're all mean girls says like you know privacy is for like old people like it's a th- it's a dead thing now thing of the past <sighs> whatever dude <laughs> <laughs> the, the scene that really showcases how like even our heroes aren't really heroes and, and maybe the film think i think maybe that's the problem the film thinks that they're heroes and they're above the horrible acts of all everyone else when the MAGA purge crowd is about to kill the transgender student, uh, uh, Bex. And and Lily and her posse rolls up after being fully armed and everything. And then they mow these people down like a bunch of xenomorphs, right? <laughs> and they save Bex, which is great, okay? And then that last guy is left alive. And Be- like, and I guess to show that, oh, no, we're still here. I'm going to let you live. It's like, really? Like, that's like, oh, no, we're actually good. These are the heroes. They wouldn't kill all of them. It just seemed <laughs> like this last-ditch effort to continue to showcase our heroes as as actual likable protagonists. And they're not. Uh, and, and honestly, despite the extremes that this film goes to, like, I couldn't help it because like now i have to view every film especially ones involving teens from a parental lens like is this is this what i have to this is it this is what i have to 
protect my daughter from. This is 2022 and beyond. This is the world that I'm going to have to be like, look, please don't send illicit photographs to perverts and to criminals. Like, am I going to have to plead with my kid? Um, there's no direction uh, for any of these kids. Uh, they're very, very hyper-sexualized. Again, I, I found myself uh, asking like well, very much the way I did with uh, Nev Campbell in in Wild Things. Like, can't you guys just join the math Olympiad the way I did in high school? Like, that's a way out. <laughs> that education is always a way out. I'm telling you, EZA is looking better and better to you. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, that's a film. I can't. I I'm actually looking forward to watching EZA with my daughter. I think that will be enjoyable, and hopefully she'll think of she'll look at Stanley Chuchi and think of me as like, hey, mm, that's my dad. Great. Uh, I don't want her to think of me as anybody in this movie. <laughs> I don't want to show. I would like to pretend this movie never existed, uh, and so my daughter never finds out about it. response uh to this young girl's affair with an older married man who's clearly taking advantage of a uh high school student um when that is uh thrown out there they kick her out of the house her own parents yeah yeah that's another scene that stuck out to me after yeah after that data leak happens uh, she comes back home and again this kind of goes back to like are these her heroes because her parents are very much like, we need to know, is this you? And, like, you know, what did you do this? Are you be? And her reaction to it is, uh, not today, mama. Any day but today. Because <laughs> <laughs> she is, it's all about her, right? It's all about Lily in that moment. As if, like, the absolute nerve of my parents are questioning me about this. Can't they see I'm going through this? <laughs> and I'm just like, I feel like her parents have a right to be worried and 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 to go through some of those uh emotional uh highs and lows here a great uh, callback uh, granted, to a much better movie varsity blues when <laughs> little dawson goes to get a, a thing of milk out of the fridge <laughs> or maybe it's juice and his dad's on him about you know football practice <laughs> he says save it dad and slams the refrigerator <laughs> door <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay uh, i only bring that up because Varsity Blues was not seen as important ever at any any point in its release. <laughs> it was meant to be a fun movie for dumb teenagers. And that's the worldview, right? Parents are dumb. Get off my back. This, though, I, I don't, I mean, clearly, like, it did not. Like, I, I saw, I looked at the Wikipedia page. I wanted to see the response. And I guess the distributor was like, yes, you know, films like this, they don't catch on until video. Like, but when people finally take the time to wrap their head around this message, this is going to be a cult hit. I, I, I don't think so. Cause it's, no, <laughs> cause it's not either. fun. It's not fun trash. And I think that it, it is going to date itself so horribly that we talked about on the last episode, 
Paper Towns five years after EZA feels like, God, it's been decades. Like it, things move so quickly, especially in like youth culture, that this I think is going to look incredibly tacky. And it's going to look like it was written as it was and directed by an old man who's not a part of any of these, <laughs> these groups. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, not at all. And, you know, one thing that you mentioned, like, is is this pro-woman? Is this pro-female uh, in this, uh, you know, uh, kind of the revolution, the, the Me Too movement, the Time's Up and all that? Is this representative of a bright product of those two very important movements for women? Again, we're not women, so... Uh, I, I hesitate to even touch upon this stuff, but for me, like I look at this and I'm like, I don't think this is helping the cause. I think it's got some ideas that could be incorporated into a better movie, and even one that could find mainstream success if it didn't go so hard into all the other extremes. Again, that trigger warning beginning, like, this film contains all of this and you might not like it. It's like, who is that for? <laughs> I... I, I find it hard to look at this film and I'm like, this is pro-women and I think women should watch this and young girls should watch this. Again, it's it's rated R, so technically it is for 18 and above or 17 and above. My biggest problem with it is that the uh, four uh, friends, our, our protagonists here, don't seem to have much comment themselves on what's happening in their town. And they, until they are physically attacked they remain outside of it in a way. I don't know if like, you know, you're saying like, is the film condemning them for that, for not engaging uh, with their world until it literally like falls at their feet that this hostility, this, this brewing uh, violence is not their problem until it's, it's one of them. That's, that's the target. That would be kind of interesting. I guess if you explored that instead it seems instead like it's just an excuse to set up that long sort of crane shot going up and down the floors with, with all of these windows with no curtains. It's all it's, these houses just wall to wall glass. You can see every element of what's happening inside, which, uh, you know, I'm not using words like they're asking for it, but the characters in the film clearly are asking <laughs> for a home invasion because whoever's attacking them knows where all the participants are inside like that that right there it's like okay so it's set up it's not set up to explore any of these themes or the message it's set up just so you have a set piece so in that regard you're not much different than like a michael bay action movie but right. you're really wanting to to wear the, the cape that you're you're into these uh social and political movements and i also saw some complaints i mean i'm not gonna get into that because we did start this this trilogy with uh wild things you know, there were more than a few reviewers that mentioned all the um, the, uh, the characters, the villains in this piece, the townspeople, uh, slut shame these women, but also want to see them naked. They they harass them for wearing short shorts and uh, saying they're revealing too much. Uh, but boy, does the does the film itself want to really gaze at all this young flesh on display? And yeah, if this was Peeping Tom. You know, if this was something where the, the film was from the viewpoint of the pervert, sure. But instead, I feel like the film is caping the viewpoint of our four heroes, but wants to revel in having young bodies on display for both the filmmakers and the audience. I don't know. I mean, I think 
We'll get into it in the wrap up, but I feel like Wild Things has more on its mind than Assassination Nation. <laughs> Mistakes were made, Webb. That's what I'm saying. And, and among uh, some of the other things it touches upon is the perception, I guess, of as soon as um, somebody uh, with the data leaks. I mean, with the teacher, like, oh, he's immediately labeled uh, a pedophile and want and you know being forced to resign and all that. Uh, I guess that the, the first impressions are always going to be the ones that people. Uh, uh, attached to and nothing can be done to redeem individuals it's can like talk oh, I'm, about I'm that for a moment because the, the the principal that is called a pedophile is called a pedophile because he has pictures of his kid toddler or whatever in the bath or something they're nude I, I, so <laughs> is the film positing that that is uh, a leftist or liberal group of online uh, commenters that are attacking him that you can't even have uh, pictures, nude pictures of your own child that you are bathing, that, that's that's removing their uh, consent and rights as, as a child who can't bathe themselves. Like, are they going full on satire from like all sides at that point? Which I also, I'm always a little suspect of someone, like especially with some more comedic bent that's saying, I'm going to attack everyone. All sides are going to get it from me. I'm like, oh, so you have no, you have no point of view is what you're saying. Okay, go ahead. Continue. Exactly, exactly, and, and I think the uh, the child is supposed to be like five or six years old. Uh, is, that he has a, and I I don't know. That's again, I don't know where the line is. Like I do have photos of my daughter when we first start putting her into like the bathtub and she's playing, and so I'm like oh, that's cute, and I'll take a photo of it. Like I, I'll be able to like reflect upon them later in life and be like, oh my gosh, she was so young, and this, and that's it. I I don't know what the film is trying to say, what the filmmakers are trying to say. The one name that pops up is David S. Goyer as a producer, and I'm like, of course, it's him. <laughs> Just looking Here for somebody to play. Book. <laughs> <Eight>. <laughs> there, there's, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's no point of view. Everything, uh, the the plot, the, the, the specifics of what is driving these narratives are so loosey-goosey. Uh, I, I get wanting to make a film where you're just like, I'm mad. I'm mad now, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> is that, and I'm wondering, is that what this film is? It's like a, a way for, uh, I guess, the female characters, the, the whomever, to just kind of scream? Because you're right, I, I, feel, I feel bad. I, I hate when a film goes, not over my head, but just so like, wow... And I also wonder, because I'm not the target audience, maybe it's not for me. You know those comic book films like, this is for the fans. Morbius is for the fans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess it is. I don't want to ever meet these fans or, or, or hear what they have to say. But Didn't they say it's Morbin time and then decided not to come out and see it again when it was re-released? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here is a, here's Neon's Chief, uh, the distributor for this. Uh, Tom Quinn acknowledged the film's unsatisfactory box office performance, saying, quote, Sam Levinson has created a bold, visionary, and ultimately cathartic response to the dumpster fire that is 2018. Boy, 2020 had something to say about that, buddy. Like, <laughs> you think, you think <laughs> yeah. this is bad? Uh, we're ultimately, I say, we're admittedly disappointed more people didn't come out this weekend, but those that did were loud and overwhelmingly positive. It's going to take more time for Assassination Nation to find its audience. You know, I, I remember asking you uh, whether or not this film was worth going to uh, when when you were uh, going to watch it because I saw that it's got good reviews. Like it's like seventy plus percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which makes me 
uh, kind of scratch my head all the more. I remember you giving it like a eh response after you saw it, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll just wait for a home video. And st- I'm I'm shocked it got uh, the reviews it did, and apparently fifty five percent from audience score, which actually I think that's higher than I expected as well. <laughs> much higher. And uh, the fact that it's, I mean, okay, so The Thing is being re-released into theaters uh, next month for its 40th anniversary, and that's another one where people didn't really go to it. At uh, You know, people were more in love with E.T. and then the positive <laughs> illustrations of alien life at the time. And it definitely grew in home video to the point where 40 years after its release, it's getting a re-release, and if if I have the time, I'd love to go see it in theaters. I've never seen it in theaters. I think that would be very, very cool. In 40 years or so, <laughs> when Assassination Nation gets re-released in theaters, are people going to come out and go to see it? I mean, I, I think this is going to be one of those episodes where we'll see it in the numbers. Uh, I think we're going to have a hard time people wanting to even listen to 30 minutes of <laughs> conversation about it. We're not even five years out. <laughs> we're coming up on its four-year anniversary. You're more likely to get fucking Morbius with a 40-year anniversary. It's like, if you're talking about, like, I think both of these, it's actually, I'm glad you, you dropped that in jest, but, like, both films suffer from um, not being able to take the L and saying we're going to, well, you just don't understand the long con here is we're going to become cult classics. Now Morbius, they try to do it like a month and a half later. Like, are we a cult classic now? Can we, (laughs) (laughs) you know, 60 days out, have we already become a cult classic? Um, I did look, I was like, okay, so Morbius has a 16% from the critics, Rotten Tomatoes. All right. That's yeah, that's that. 71% from the audience scores. <laughs> no, that, that can't be right. Is, is that just, you know, trolling? Is that just for the lulls as Assassination Nation taught me that the kids said four years ago? <laughs> it has to be. I, I feel so. And, yeah, and you can't trust the, I have people at work who are like, I never look at the uh, critic score. I'm all, I'm all more about what's, you know, <laughs> finger on the pulse, what's happening in mainstream. You can't trust these people. Like, say what you will about uh, films like Captain Marvel and and uh, Last Jedi or whatever you may not have liked them, but the audience response was never as low. Like it's it, it's just a bunch of trolls and and review bombings that you, that you see. So uh, what whatever, man. Uh, I guess like what you like, and and boy, do we not like this one. <laughs> 